Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your Fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message.
Let's ask Him for that right now, just in your seats. Just ask Him for that fresh presence of the Holy Spirit. For those of you that are here with us in the auditorium, if you guys will make your way back to your seats, say hello to each other, greet each other as you do. And for those of you that are watching with us from home, thank you so much for joining us here at Fellowship Church. Uh, we are so blessed to have you a part of our church family and our congregation. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are. Maybe you're in your living room, maybe you're on vacation somewhere, maybe you're in a camper or a boat. Uh, but one thing that's beautiful about technology is that we can all gather together and be together as one and corporately worship uh, here together. Uh, know this, that we have room for you. So whenever you are ready to come back, uh, we will welcome you with open arms or open elbows or whatever we can do in this strange culture that we're in. Uh, but God bless you and thank you so much for coming. If you are new to Fellowship Church, the best way to register here is by using your phone. If you will text fellowship to 94,000, then you will be sent a guest registration card and then also access uh, to our church center app, which gives you all kinds of ways to get involved here and get connected. We have all kinds of classes and small groups uh, going right now for you to get connected with. So make sure that you make plans to do so. Well, we're gonna continue to worship now with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you guys have come prepared to give back to the Lord with tithes and offerings. Now we don't pass buckets. Uh, we will have uh, offering boxes in the lobby that you could drop your offering off at, or you can text tithe. You can uh, give online uh, to our website, as well as you can give using your church center 
Center app or just drop your offering by um, here at the church. But for those of you uh, that have been faithful in giving, God is blessing you so much. Thank you so much for that. And it is so cool to see what God is doing through the life of our church. And because of your giving, we can minister. And so thank you so much for that. As you get ready to give, though, let me say a prayer of blessing over you. Lord, we love you. We recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from you. I pray now, Lord, that you would bless us as we give back to you. Lord, I know that we are, ta- we, we are being taken care of, God, by you. And Lord, a big part of that is just because we're staying faithful. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in culture. We're not set up on the world's finances. We're set up on your finances, God. And you want to see us blessed. So bless each of those that are giving this morning. Protect us, Lord God. And let the promises that you promise in your word just manifest in our lives. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give. Here are some more things that are happening here at Fellowship. Good morning, Fellowship Church. I wanted to take this opportunity to let you know about a few awesome events that we have happening over the next couple weeks. First things first, tonight, 4640 is going to be hosting a student-led worship night. So middle school through high school, it's going to be taking place in 4640. It's going to be an incredible opportunity to come worship and also see our really incredible brand new student band. Next Wednesday, 4640 is going to be hosting another Mud Fest. Last week was so much fun that we want to do it again. So make sure that you bring your middle school or high school student. They need to be clothes that they can get messy in. Um, and it's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to play in the mud. We're going to hang out. There's going to be live worship as well as a sermon from Pastor JL. It's going to be really, really awesome and something that I think you guys as students could really get into. So no sign up or registration necessary. Just come ready to have fun and we will see you then. On October 3rd, we are going to be hosting a golf event. It's going to be over at Adobe Creek at 8 a.m. and $65 to get in. It's going to be a ton of fun, competitions, prizes, all of that good stuff. If you're interested, head over to the Church Center app. There will be more information as well as the opportunity to sign up there. We're excited to see you then. Starting September 7th, we are going to be resurfacing our parking lot, which unfortunately means that our parking lot will be closed. So on Wednesday, September 9th, we are going to have to postpone our science class as well as our 4640 student event. But not to worry, we will be rescheduling these events the next week. And of course, Sunday service will still be going on as usual. Thank you so much for joining us today and enjoy today's service.
Well, good morning. Oh, it's so good to see all of you guys in a live service. Put your hands together and just praise them. Let the people at home know you guys are here. And then to have you guys at home um, with, the, uh, with the online experience, thank you so much uh, for taking a part of this and being a part of it and joining in. And we do hope that uh, God will lay something on your heart this morning that you might want to share online with a family member, a friend uh, that's unable to be here. This is a great opportunity for people to be able to say, you got to watch this service. Man, this is my home church in Grand Junction. And, uh, and let people just be a part of it from many, many different states. And uh, thank you so much for doing that as well. But I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you for being here. Now, listen, it's important, and we want you to know this, uh, that you take responsibility for your own health. Nobody can do that for you. We can't mandate or set guidelines to take care of you. You are a grown-up adult. you got to take care of yourself. So with all the things that are going on, you make your own decisions when it comes to your health. Nobody knows your immune system like you do. Nobody knows the history of your health like you do, where you're at, well, how you're feeling. And so uh, don't feel judged if you got to be a little more distant and, and a little more cautious. Don't feel Feel judged that way. Don't feel judged if you feel like you don't have to, but uh, it is important that you know we love you, we care for you, we never want to put you in harm's way. So if you feel like you need to stay home during this season, watch us online, that's fine. But when you're sitting at home, don't watch your church service like you're watching a television program that you're not familiar with. When we're singing, get up in your living room and in your kitchen and sing. If you're at a campsite, get up around your camp or your trailer, sing, worship the Lord, and, uh, and take part in every way when it comes to the church. I wish we could all be back together like we were, folks, don't you? Just get back like we were, and we will. We will soon, but right now, with things the way they are, uh, we are trying to improvise and do the very best we can, both in a live experience and increasing the quality uh, in your online experience as well. We are starting a brand new series this morning, and I'm excited about it. We're calling it Unbreakable. Now, today, I'm going to take my time to do the introduction and a beginning of the first message. Now, Next week, I'm going to abruptly stop at some point this morning and pick it up next week. But today, I'm going to do part one introduction and then part one next week. Uh, and then after that, Pastor Bill Ramsey is going to come back in on part three of this series. So I'm going to be doing Unbreakable Faith. He's going to be doing Unbreakable Focus and How to See in the Dark. Oh, man, you do not want to miss this message it is an incredible message. It'll bless you. If you've ever gone through dark seasons 
and you didn't know what to do, he's going to tell you, unbreakable focus. And then Pastor JL is going to finish the series uh, week four with unbreakable friendship. And you do not want to miss any of these. It is going to be a tremendous series. And what I pray that you find during this series is that it is life-giving, that it will be life-recovering, and it will be next-level content. Because every person that I have come in contact with lately is under pressure of some kind. I can see pressure all over your face. Well, not, not your whole face, just this part of your face, just right there. And if you're wearing sunglasses, I can see it right here on your face. But I, I see pressure. And I hear that people are under pressure when it comes to their marriages, their family, their the economy, when it comes to your jobs, your companies, and when it comes to politics, when it comes to what's going on in our country, there is people that are going through a great deal of anxiety and a great deal of pressure. And I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. This series helps to build you because even under pressure, you do not have to break. Even though you hit a breaking point in your life, in your marriage, your family, your finances, when it comes to your thinking about the future, you do not have to break. Now, you can choose to break, but you as a child of God do not have to break under pressure. And I'm going to show you how God made us unbreakable, unbreakable. Well, let me pray. Father God, we love you so much, and thank you for letting the rain roll through our community this, the, yesterday. In less than seven days of us coming together as a church and asking you to give us rain on Saturday, you let it roll through here, God, and on down the corridor. Thank you so much for doing that for us. I pray that you even send us more. We're so thankful for what we got, though, every drop of it. But send us more, Father. No more wildfires, I pray, in this season. And Lord, bless us as only you can. And thank you for help and thank you for healing that you are bringing to the people in this room, the people that are listening to us online, whether it's now or whether it's a couple of years down the road. I pray they would receive help. They would receive healing as a result of this teaching. And I ask, Lord, you get me out of the way. You would bless. You would, Father, use my words. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me introduce you to today's player. At first, we have Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Then we have the disciples. And then we have a woman who the Bible says is also a mom. And this woman has a serious problem. And then there's the mention of a daughter who is severely being tormented by a demon. So all those players are in play right here in Matthew chapter 15. And I want to pick up the story in mid-conversation and then I'll work backwards from here. Matthew 15, 25, the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. Can I confess to you that that is the prayer that I pray most often in my life? It is a very simple prayer. I always add the word please, Lord, Please help me. Please help me to be a better man. Please help me to be a better husband. Please help me to be a better grandfather. I don't know how I could be any better grandfather than what I am right now. Because I am the best. But help me, Lord. Help me to be a better pastor, a better Bible teacher. Lord, help me to be able to do what you want me to do. Help me not to fall into sin. Help me with my flesh. Help me with my mind. Lord, please help me. That is a prayer that I pray most often, and I do it many, many, many times in a day. 
every day. She said, Lord, help me. Now, you would think this would get a good response. You ask Jesus to save you, he saves you. Takes you away from a life of sin, a home for uh, an eternal home in, 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 uh, in hell, and gives you a home forever in heaven. She said, Lord, help me. And here he is his reply in verse 26. It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And she says, yes, it is. <laughs> it is not right. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. See what's going on here? It is not right. She says, yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from, watch what she's doing, their master's table. So what she's saying is, I'm acknowledging the fact that I am making you my Lord, my master. And then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Now, she's first saying, I'm not going to give the children's bread to a dog. And then he says, you have got great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. I want to ease into this introduction with this axiom that you'll see on the screen. Here it is. It is God's intention for his children to be bendable, but not breakable. Let me say it again. It is God's intention for his children to be bendable, but not breakable. That is, he has constructed us with the ability to bend, yet keep from breaking. Even when you are hit in some season of your life with what you and everyone around you would deem to be a breaking point. All throughout scriptures, we see God using descriptive language regarding you and I as his children. He calls us the resilient, the enduring, the tough, the tenacious, the durable, the strong, the steady, and the secure nature of his people. He is saying that you and I were built tough and that we were built to last. Now, nowhere in scripture do we see this imagery beautifully portrayed as it is in Psalms 92 and verse 12. The Bible says the righteous, those are of us that are in right standing with God, will flourish like what? Palm trees. I had the privilege of moving to Florida when I was 12 years of age. Got saved in a Christian school when I was 12. Lived there until I was 17. Came to Texas, went to Texas, and met my wife, Anna, in high school. But for those few years that I lived as a teenager in the state of Florida, I saw uh, many days of great wind and rain that would blow through that state. And as a teenager, I can remember seeing those palm trees leaning over, almost bending to where the tops of them touched the ground, and they would pop back up. Other trees that were thicker and stronger would snap. Limbs would break off. Sometimes the entire tree would uproot. But the palm trees survived the storm. They were bendable, and rarely were they breakable. Now they look tattered and beat up after the storm hit. But the main thing is they were still standing. And this is the very imagery that God uses to describe the believer. That you and I will be hit with pressure. And pressure will bring to us pressure that would break other trees and other people. But this pressure does not have to break you. And I do not know what is hitting your life. Even though I've 
talked to many people during this season. I don't know what's coming against you exactly this morning and what you're facing and where that pressure is coming from, but your creator, Father, God built you with, watch this, the wind in mind. And the reason why a palm tree is able to handle wind is because it was created with the wind in mind. And you and I, when pressure hits us, should not break us because we were created by our Heavenly Father with the capacity to withstand the wind because we were created with the wind in mind. Now somebody, I believe, that is listening inside of this room or maybe listening over the internet this morning is facing a season in your life where you're not sure you're gonna make it or not. There are days when you think, I think I got this. I think I'll get through this. I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm just, going to, I'm just going to keep going. That's all I know to do. I'm just going to keep going. And then there's those dark times, those quiet moments in your day or in your week when, when you're all by yourself where you go, I'm not sure I'm going to make it. I thought the marriage was going to be okay, but now to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I, I, I thought the company would be all right. I thought my career change would, would be better by now than what it is. But I'm just not sure. This season, and some of you are believing this, this season might just break me. And the Bible tells us that the devil is a liar. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3 and verse 4, if everybody else is lying, God is still telling the truth. So let this series strengthen your root season a system with the, t- with the truth of God's word. And your root season is, are you ready? It is your faith. And I want you to repeat this after me. If I'm going to live an unbreakable life, I must develop an unbreakable faith. If you're going to live an unbreakable life, It is not about that life. It is about the faith that goes into living that life. And you will never develop an unbreakable faith until something comes against you that can break you. You'd never be motivated enough to really dig down deep enough to say say that no matter what hits my life, hits my marriage, hits my kids, hits my body, hits my mind or my emotions, I will not break. Because the same person who loves God with all that I got, believes in him, will serve him, and trust him to be able to do whatever he wants to do in seasons where it feels like I'm not going to make it. An unbreakable faith. Now, I'm not talking about saving faith. That's different. Saving faith is when we put our faith and trust in what Jesus has already done so that we might have a relationship with the Father. That's, that's saving faith. I'm not talking to you about surrogate faith. Surrogate faith is intercessory faith. That is someone who stands in with their faith for you when you don't have enough faith to go forward. That, that's surrogate Faith. That's what Mary and Martha had for Lazarus when Lazarus was dead, that he could be resurrected. See, Lazarus was dead. He didn't have the faith to get out of that tomb. Mary and Martha had the faith for him to get out of that tomb. This mama's daughter was not present in the conversation. She didn't have faith to be healed. The mama had enough faith for the daughter when the daughter wasn't present 
that she might be healed. How many of us have had someone who has stood in with their faith for us when our faith wasn't strong enough to stand? How many of you had a praying grandma that prayed for you and you didn't even know she was praying for you? And you're here today because of a praying grandma. You ought to just write right there in the chat room. Just write there in the chat the name of the person who prayed for you, who stood in with surrogate faith, a grandma, a husband, a wife, a sibling, a dear friend of yours that that had belief that you were going to make it when you did not think yourself you were going to make it. That's surrogate faith. And although that's great, I'm not talking about saving faith. I'm not talking about surrogate faith. I'm telling you, you've got to develop, are you ready for this? Stubborn faith. Stubborn faith. It's not right for me to give this to you. Yes, it is. I'm not saying I deserve it, Lord, but yes, it's right, because you are my Lord and I am your child. Oh, well, okay then. You see, she didn't, she didn't go anywhere. She stood there with stubborn faith. Stubborn faith. Now think about this in the story, because this is a great story, and I have to go backwards a little bit. Jesus and the disciples go to this area. Here's a woman. She's a mother, has a daughter that's extremely in torment, comes to Jesus asking for help. Can you help me? And here is Jesus' response to her. Jesus now, the ultimate picture of God's expression of love, who wept when he heard that Lazarus was dead, who fed 5,000 with two loaves and, and five, uh, two fish and five loaves because they were hungry. He came to the defense of a woman about to be stoned because of her action. And when this woman says, Jesus, would you help me? Jesus says nothing. And right here is where fragile faith walks out. But stubborn faith does not. Unbreakable faith survives silent seasons. Oh man, that's my first point. Unbreakable faith survives silence. Let me ask you a question. Look at it on the screen. Do you have the faith to survive the silent seasons? A couple of examples of that is Paul in the Bible prayed three times that God would remove a thorn from his flesh. And God didn't give him an answer till the third time. Do you know what that means? That means the first time he asked, God didn't say anything. And the second time he asked, God was still silent. But the third time he asked, God gave him an answer. But fragile faith would have walked out when he didn't get an answer on the first question. But stubborn faith hangs in there and says, no matter what, I don't have anywhere else to go. So I'm staying right here, God, until I do get my answer. That's stubborn faith. And you know what Jesus called it when he experienced it with this woman? Great faith. Not disrespectful faith. That's great faith this woman had. What was it? It was stubborn faith. Another picture of three Hebrew children in Daniel chapter 3. King says, you're going to do this. The government puts a mandate on them, and the three Hebrew children say, no. Government says, you will eat this, and you will bow. We mandate it. And the three Hebrew children said, throw us in the fiery furnace if you want to, and our God will rescue us. But then they said, but even if he doesn't, We're still not going to bow. 
So what does that tell you? That tells you that they didn't know whether God was going to rescue them or not. Why? Because God hadn't spoken up at the moment. Now, if God would have came down and said, oh, yeah, get in the furnace. I'll go in there with you guys. Everything would be cool. Hey, they had that. They didn't have that. So they have to give it a little bit of an additional wording to say, but even if he does it, we're still not going to bow to you. We're only going to do what God wants us to do. That's what we're going to do. So, so that the, what I'm trying to say is that, that sometimes, even though God showed up, he didn't tell him he was going to show up. Look at this. God answers some request without making an announcement. And when God hasn't told you anything or made an announcement to you, that means God is just, when he doesn't speak up, that means God is just going to show up. So if you've gone through a silent season in your life and you haven't been so fragile that you've walked away from your relationship with God, that means that even though you hadn't heard from God, even though he hasn't spoke up, means he's still going to show up. But them silent seasons, man, when you're suffering, that's when you want God to speak up, right? I mean, you're going through a difficult time. You need God to say something. Hey, it's going to be all right. I know she's acting all crazy right now, but she's all right. She's my daughter. I'll straighten her out. I know he's not being as kind as he should be right now. He's got a little pressure on him. You be patient with him. I'll bring him back around. He, don't you wish God would just come and have a conversation with you like that? Everything's going to be all right. Well, Lord, if we get this person into the presidency of the United States, it's going to be a mess. And if we get this person in, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a fight. So, Lord, I don't know who should, who should be the running it. I, I, and, and, Lord, I, it just, everything looks like it could be. I, you go down some cities and turn them in the wrong street. You run into protesters. You, Lord, we, what do we do? Nothing. Lord, my kid, my kid's acting all crazy. Grown kid, just crazy. Nothing. But isn't it true that the more desperate you are in your situation, the more you want to hear from God? And this mama who had a, ba a daughter who was sick and who was ill, who was being tormented by a demon, just wanted help, not even for her, but for her daughter. And Jesus says nothing at first. And that's when she could have walked out. Something really crazy happened to me, y'all, a few weeks ago. I mean, it did not see this coming, uh, couldn't imagine it, never thought about it, wasn't on my radar. But a few weeks ago, Ann and I were riding bikes, we were going on walks in the morning. That particular week that this happened to me, on a Wednesday, we had played golf together. On Thursday, I was up here with some of the young guys on staff helping to move office furniture around our offices in the administrative building. On Friday, I wasn't feeling all that good, so I stayed in bed all day. Now, let me tell you something. I can count on one hand the number of days in my life at 61 years of age that I've stayed in bed all day. I don't do that. I just don't. And Anna thought, whoa, that's weird. You all right? Well, Saturday I felt a little better. Came back up to the office. Nobody was here. I wanted to see how things were moved around. Walked up one flight of stairs in the admin building. Got to the top floor. And I had no air in my lungs. Now, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I could not breathe in and I could not breathe out. There was nothing there, almost like I'd been hit and had the wind knocked out of me. And I thought to myself, oh, no, this is serious. Well, I struggled to get to inside of an office where there was a chair where I could sit down. 
And I sat there for several minutes just trying to recover from uh, not being able to breathe. And finally, finally a little bit of air and then a little bit more air. And I thought, ooh, something, something wrong. I was the only one here on the building now on property. So I'm like, I need to get to somebody or get home. And so anyway, I, uh, I went home. That was, on, that was on Saturday, I think it was. And uh, Sunday morning, real early, I thought, you know, well, first of all, I turned to Dr. Google. You ever do that? WebMD, MayoClinic.com, Dr. Google. Now, your doctors hate it when you start talking about what you read on Dr. Google. Never walk into your doctor's office and say, well, doc, I saw on Dr. Google, you know, I'm telling you it drives them crazy. I do it to them all the time. I love it. But, but so, so anyway, I checked it on Dr. Google, and, and, it, and it said congestive heart failure symptoms. And I thought, well, you know, all right, got to do something about that, get on some meds. So Sunday morning, I wasn't feeling real good. So at 6.35 on Sunday morning, a.m., I text Dr. Marcus Howell's phone. And he's over in Glenwood Springs running the cardiac uh, uh, unit over there. And, and, um, and so I, I text him. I said, Doc, I said, and he's a good godly man. I love him to death, good friend. And I said, hey, are you in town? And he said, what's wrong? And I said, well, I may have, you know, heart failure going on. I don't know what's happening. I can't breathe. And he said, I'm on call at the hospital here in Glenwood. You want to come now? And I said, no, nah, I don't want to come now. I said, are you in the office on, it was a holiday. Are you in the office on Tuesday? He said, yes. I said, I make it to Tuesday. I'll just lay low. I'll be all right. So he said, I'll, I'll schedule a stress test for you. So I said, all right. So Tuesday morning, I was moving really slow and I got there really late in his office and him already called me two or three times. Where are you? So I get to the hospital and this is when things were really tight. And there's only one interest in the hospital, and there was a, uh, a, a clerk, a receptionist there with an armed police officer standing behind them. And they said to me, first thing they said, they said, do you have any symptoms of COVID? You fever? No. You coughing? Yes. Uh-oh. I shouldn't have said that. Because now I'm sitting in a metal chair in the parking lot, and I kid you not. So I'm out in the parking lot in a metal chair. I call back up to Dr. Howe's office. I said, they made me sit in a metal chair out here in the parking lot. So I'm Three seconds later, here comes his assistant. They got me, walked me into the office, wired me up for a stress test. As they were wiring me up for the stress test, I, I limped a little bit, getting on the treadmill. Stepped up there, totally wired up. I limped a little bit. And the technician said, what's going on? I said, ah, I strained a calf muscle, probably playing golf, lifting furniture. I do most of the work around here with even, you know, when I'm working with the staff anyway. <laughs> so I said, I probably strained a calf muscle. I said, I'll push through it. They said, no, you won't. Sit down. So when did this strained calf muscle happen? I said, Friday, Thursday, something like that. When did you have trouble breathing? I said, Friday, Thursday, <laughs> something like that. And they set me down. Next thing I knew, five to seven people were in that room. And everything changed in a heartbeat. They took a CAT scan of, of, my, of what was going on in my leg. They did a sonogram to check everything out. And they said, and the doctor came in, Dr. Howe, said, you've got a 14-inch blood clot from your calf to the back of your knee. And a portion of that blood clot has broken off and gone to your heart. Your heart exploded it into both of your lungs. And you have multiple clots in both of your lungs, upper and lower. And you have a large clot on your saddle known as a saddle embolism. Well, I always have my iPad with me, so I don't know what that means. And so I go to Dr. Google. <laughs> Found out very quickly that a saddle embolism will kill you very quick. 
So everything went into panic mode. They, more, more tests, and now I'm in a room, and a pulmonary set. Here comes a pulmonary guy. And for the next two or three days, people are walking in my room with what looked like hazmat suits because my COVID test hadn't come back yet. Anna's sitting in her car in the parking lot crying because she can't come in. We're getting all kinds of news, and doctors are in there. 15 to 20 different people came in my room in the next two days. And I thought, well, you guys are really, either really bored <laughs> or this is very serious. What are the two? So about day two, Dr. Howell walked in my office, or my uh, room there, my very expensive office, <laughs> the hospital room. And uh, a pulmonary specialist came in as well. And I said, Doc, I need to ask you a question, and I want you to be real honest with me. I, I want you, I've been to hospice care many times. I've stood with people who held their hands when they died in ICU. I said, I know a person next to me just coded and their family members were not with them when they died. And that code blue hit and, you know, a few minutes later, family members were let in after the patient died, after their family member died, but they wouldn't, could not be with that family member while that family member was alive. But after that family member coded, after that family member died, then you heard crying in that room. And I'm thinking, this is madness. This is crazy. I need to know, Doc, I need to know something, because I'm out of here if you give me the, wrong, the right or the wrong answer. One answer, I'm gone. I'm going to be with Anna. Is what's going on, because they already talked about putting me on a vent at night. So they said, hey, we need your permission to put you on a ventilator in case you're, we can't believe you're breathing room air. One guy came in and told me, he said, in all the years I've been a doctor, I've never seen anybody's lungs look this bad. I said, well, how many, Doc, how many... How many embolisms do I have? How many blood clots do I have? I think it's six, seven, eight. That's a lot. He said, too many to count. I said, well. And then I said, well, here, here's my question, and I want you to be straight with me. I said, is this a life-ending event? And he said, it was. The pulmonary doctor stepped in, and I didn't know him very well, and I asked him the same question. I said, and he was curious. I said, I just asked my doctor friend here. I said, is... Was this a life-ending event? And the pulmonary specialist said this. He said, it was probably at the top of the staircase. But it isn't now. It is life-altering event. So those few days that I was in the hospital, because if they said it was a life-ending event, I'd have checked myself out of that hospital on that moment and spent it with Anna. If she couldn't come in, I was going out, period. But it wasn't, so they through all the, you know, got all the stuff going on. COVID tests came back. They took off the hazmat suits when they started coming in my room. And I mean, it was just, but here's my whispering to God. God, what in the world? We're firing back up. We're trying to, we're taking on the greatest leadership challenge of our life, getting the church rebuilt, not battling other options people have on Sunday because it's good weather, but battling, battling a fear mentality of people not wanting to be in large crowds. This is something, we don't have a precedent for that in any other church in the United States. We need, and man, I, we, were, we were going. And I'm whispering to God, God, what is this about? You want me to do something different? Are you keeping me out of the way of something? You want me to stay out of the way of? I don't know what's going, help me. Nothing, nothing. And I'm whispering to him through the night, nothing. Got it. Am I coming home? If I am, I'm cool with it, but take care of Ann and everybody now. Nothing. Because when you're in severe pain and in a situation where you don't know, 
what's going on. You need to hear from God and nothing. Have you ever been there? Well, then is your faith strong enough to survive the silent seasons? Because I am not committed to convenience. I am committed to my God. And I will do whatever it is you want me to do. Just say it. What is this? And nothing. Anna, they finally let her in because I said, I'm leaving at 11 if she doesn't get in, and they let her in. And, and, and she said, do you know what this is about? Have you talked to God? I said, yeah, I don't. She said, well, I've been asking God, what is this? And I felt great, breathing room air. I'm like, what in the world? And, 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 and Dr. Howe said this to me. He said, when you get back, see your primary doctor. And I'm, okay. No, no, I need you to go see your primary doctor. I went, Okay, I don't know, what is he going to tell me any different? And I do not like doctors, going to doctors, I love doctors. I do not like going, and I do not like to take medication. I'm thinking, okay, you're going. So I go to my primary, I've known him 31 years, and I go in there, and, I, and he goes, whoo, he goes, looks like me, like on your chart, you had yourself, you've had yourself a, a few, interesting few days. And I said, yeah, I did. He said, well, do you got any questions? I went, uh, could more of this blood clot break off and hit my heart, go into my already crowded lungs, fill up that saddle and kill me? He goes, yep. But no more than me standing here talking to you, I could develop a blood clot in my leg and it break loose and hit my heart and kill me before I get out of this room. Go play golf, live your life, get circulation from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet and go like you have no problem at all. And I went, well, thank you, God. I didn't know he going to tell me what I was asking you to tell me. But I came through that unbreakable because I have an unbreakable faith. I do not have a fragile faith. And if you want an unbreakable life, you better have an unbreakable faith that can make it through the silent seasons that are going to hit your life. Because you know there's been some. In this story, God this woman says, Jesus, will you help me? Nothing. And then the disciples speak up and says, would you send her away? Her begging you is bothering us. So here's the picture you've got. You've got a silent Savior who has a mean team. His team was mean. And Jesus was silent. And some of you are thinking right now, Hooper Dungong talking crazy. You're sitting at home, you're asking your wife, where's that remote control? We're going to turn, turn it over to Joe. Where's Joe? What channel is Joe Osteen on? We need some positive preaching in here. <laughs> well, I am positive that Jesus was silent, and I'm positive that his team was mean. And the woman didn't go anywhere. Because lastly, I am positive that she stayed there until she got her answer. Is your faith 
unbreakable enough to last through the silent season. Because some of you are begging God to tell you the answer. And it hadn't come yet. But it's coming. And sometimes he'll just show up and answer it without announcing anything. But here's the answer. Well, you guys stand with me. I got to shut down with this. I'll give you point two next week. We'll continue on with this. But would you bow your heads with me for a second? I want honesty in this room. I want honesty from your house, from your car, from your campsite. How many of you guys have hit a breaking point in these last few months? How many of you have been confused because you hadn't heard God tell you nothing yet? Would you raise your Yeah. Your answer's coming. Your answer's coming. It's going to be loud and it's going to be clear. And sometimes when you don't hear back anything right away, that means he's already moving. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's not working. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's not working. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's not working. Remember that old saying, and you've heard it, is that the teacher's always silent during a test. Y'all heard that? The teacher is always silent during a test. And this is what I think Jesus was doing. Should I give, y'all look at me, should I, should I give the children what, what belongs to the children? Should I give it to dogs? Yes. Yes, you should. Yes, you should, Lord. You know, that's not right. Yes, it is. Would you make her shut up and go away, Lord? Not going anywhere. And God said, <laughs> Woo, woman, you got great faith. Because she had stubborn faith. And I don't know whether you realize this or not, women, even though men may not like you being stubborn. Your God does. Your God does. Father, we love you with all of our heart. We started something in here today. We started up something in here today. We started up a development of unbreakable faith, which is going to lead every one of us to an unbreakable life. We want to be a people of great faith, stubborn faith. So, Father, no matter what, we ain't going anywhere but staying tucked in close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved.
and you can do that right now, I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.